Thomas Bryant is a Los Angeles Laker, and boy, that is some big shoes to fill. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, July 7th. This is Locked On Hoosiers your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Mentioned it on Wednesday's podcast. It was kind of as I was starting to record that Thomas Bryant on Tuesday night signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I a, a lot of you that follow me on Twitter know that I cover the Lakers as my other job, basically. It's not something... I mentioned a ton on here because it's not really relevant to IU sports news, but in this specific scenario, it makes me very uniquely qualified to talk about Thomas Bryant signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. So I thought we'd dive into it because there's a very real chance Thomas Bryant could be the starting center for the Lakers on opening night. Bryant signs a one-year veteran minimum deal. Uh, he waited a bit longer than everyone else. A lot of the flurry of free agency happens on day one in July and on July 1st, I should say all that happens last Friday on, I'm looking at my calendar on the first itself. Free agency actually now starts June 30th in the afternoon, mainly because I think the NBA wanted to cash in on the ratings uh, and have it on primetime TV and have all this coverage go throughout the night on Friday, July 1st itself, Friday morning, there was a report come out that said he was debating between the Lakers and the Raptors. Um, and so the decision was supposed to come later on Friday. It did not come until Tuesday night. So I guess it's Friday morning everywhere for uh, some, some people. I don't know. Maybe his Friday morning lasted longer than the rest of ours, but uh, he enjoyed the holiday weekend, came back on Tuesday and made his decision. And as I said, he has a very real shot at being the starting center of the Lakers. The Lakers are a team that have to fill out so much of its roster with veteran minimum guys because they're paying LeBron, Anthony Davis, and currently Russell Westbrook so much money. Russell Westbrook could become Kyrie Irving in a trade down the line. It doesn't really change the dynamics of the team. They have to fill out a lot of guys with veteran minimums or a lot of roster spots with veteran minimum guys, which makes Thomas Bryant landing there make sense. He's someone that coming off that ACL injury last year, he did not look good. He really, really, really struggled. You could pretty easily toss it all up to having a torn ACL and uh, having he was off for almost exactly one year, came back midseason. <laughs> there's a certain amount of rust that you have to shake off. And so he had to do that. You would hope that his poor showing had more to do with the rust than anything else. But the Lakers aren't going to know that until training camp and opening night. But these are the types of guys the Lakers have to take a gamble on because when Thomas Bryant was healthy and playing, he was exactly what you want a modern center to be an energetic guy who can stretch the floor knock down three-pointers, um, maybe not as good defensively as you want him to be, but still can mask that with just the amount of energy he plays for. 
Energy comes up, covers up a lot of mistakes. So these are the types of guys the Lakers kind of have to take a risk on as someone that might have some injury concerns and uh, hope that they are able to hit on these signings uh, to improve improve their season because I'm sure anybody that's an NBA fan knows the Lakers missed the play, playoffs and playing game last year. Uh, so they have a, a lot of room to improve. Um, now, will he start? The Lakers signed a pair of centers this offseason. Damian Jones being the other one, probably a name you are almost certainly not familiar with, even if you are kind of a casual NBA fan. Uh, both guys have their strengths, have their weaknesses. They're very different players. Thomas Bryant is kind of a stretch five that can space the floor, knock down three-pointers, um, provide that aspect to the offense. Damian Jones is a kind of a traditional lob threat athletic big man that's probably a little bit better at protecting the rim doesn't space the floor as much though so it's going to depend on how the lakers want to play new head coach darvin ham uh, some of you might remember from the pistons in 2004 that won the title against the pacers uh, he was kind of a role player lesser used player on that team he's a lakers new head coach he's spoken about wanting to play kind of a four out one in type of system if that one in is Anthony Davis, then Thomas Bryant probably has a really good shot at starting. If he wants Anthony Davis to play on the perimeter, then maybe it's Damian Jones that starts. Uh, there are just a lot of questions about the Lakers, and really all that they know right now is that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are starting, and they have to fill in the rest of the gaps in that starting lineup during the preseason, during training camp, uh, during all of that. So... That was a lot of words to say we don't really know. Uh, Thomas Bryant certainly sees it as a situation that he could make an impact in. Whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, he's going to have a role with this team because the Lakers don't have anybody in their front court like him. So uh, he's going to get minutes. Again, hopefully he is able to shake off that rust that comes with the knee injury and he's able to contribute because, for one, he has a starting spot if he contributes at a high level. For two, it gets him a payday that he deserves after that injury. It was really poor timing on that injury, coming during a contract year, basically, to where he couldn't cash in. Still a very, very young player. I mean, he was young when he came to Indiana. He was young when he left Indiana. Still just 24 years old. He'll be 25 at the end of July, uh, entering his fifth year in the league. So still a very young player that, has a good season this year. He can absolutely cash in in a big way next season. So it'll be interesting to watch him play alongside LeBron and AD next season. Let's completely shift gears now and continue our position preview series as we talk about the defensive line. And it's a really odd group. That's why I felt I could talk about Thomas Bryant in the first segment and cram the rest of this into the last two segments because it's a really odd group and one that we don't know a ton about uh, that we're there's just a lot of questions. And so we're going to look at what those questions are, how they might possibly be answered next season. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible to find what you need at your local auto parts chain store. You're going to stand in line. You're going to get to the counter, find out they don't have it available. They're going to have to order it anyway. 
Why go through all that? Just get the part yourself over at rockauto.com, whether it's at home, whether it's in your pocket. They're going to save you time and money using Rock Auto. Don't spend the 30, the 50, even the 100% markup fees for the same part at that chain store, heaven forbid, at the car dealership. Uh, Rock Auto is, is a family business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They're going to have reliably low prices for every single customer. And they're going to have whatever you need, whether it's something as simple as new carpet to motor oil, tail lamps, even brake parts. They're going to have it available for you. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com thanks again guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every single day we're going to be continuing these uh position preview series throughout the week uh to wrap up this week getting ready to go on vacation so uh the astute viewers on youtube will realize i'm wearing the same outfit for three days in a row it's not because i don't do my laundry it's because i'm recording them all at once so Barring really, really big breaking news, over the next week or so, these are going to be pre-recorded episodes. Knock on wood, I feel pretty safe. There isn't going to be big news breaking in July for IU, and I'm taking a vacation. So these are <laughs> anything short of Xavier Booker committing to IU, it's just going to have to wait. So part of that is why we're continuing this these positional preview episodes. We're going to dive into the defensive line now. One of the big questions I have is how do you get consistent production out of this group? It's a group that has really struggled to provide that consistent production. Start of last season, Ryder Anderson was a man on fire. One of the best players in uh, for the Hoosiers and really set the tone for this team early on. Uh, he struggled against Iowa, but uh, the whole team did. I mean, he had seven seven tackles and a sack, two of them for loss. Bounced back against Idaho, had a tackle for loss. Um, was I thought played well against Cincinnati, had seven tackles and a sack. And then it really kind of tailed off. He only had one more sack, uh, excuse me, half a sack the rest of the season. Only two and a half, three tackles for loss. I'm trying to do the math as I, in the game log as I'm looking. So, Three tackles for loss and half a sack uh, for the remainder of the season. Through the first three games, he had four and a half tackles for loss and two sacks alone. So, like, there was a really hot start and it really tailed off. And that was the, the, the story. I point him out because that was the story of the whole defensive line. They started off well. You heard a lot about how good Weston Kramer was in fall practice as a transfer coming in. He started off well and really tailed off as the season went on. So how do you get consistent production from the beginning of the season through the end of the season? What led to last year them starting off hot and fading as the season went along? Was it simply, as I <laughs> as I you saw it, season fading away? They, uh, I don't want to say gave up, but they were less motivated. Uh, was it... That was it opponents figuring them out, which seems like it could be a possibility. Was it fatigue 
I think that defense really wore down last season, both game to game and just across the whole season. They played a lot of snaps last season, and that wears on you. Uh, You saw it during games that they would just get worn down and not be able to hold anymore, and then the dam would break and things would really get out of hand in a lot of games. So how do you avoid that moving forward? Well, ideally, the offense is on the field more, and it's less snaps that the defense has to play. Things don't work in an ideal world, and IU's offense certainly has a lot of question marks that we've been talking about in recent weeks. This defensive line has a lot of question marks. They, they're two top produ- producers in Ryder Anderson and Weston Kramer that we've talked about are departing. So how do you how do you fix that moving forward? If you look at the depth chart, there's so many questions. It's really, really hard to figure this group out. Um I listed four names as potential starters. J.H. Tevis, the transfer, uh, he's going to come in and I think, I don't think, I know he's going to start. Most likely as a defensive tackle. You have James Head Jr. You have, uh, I'm going to try this one. Sio Nofo Agatotoa. Uh, Apologies. I tried. I even wrote it out, the pronunciation. Nofo Agatotoa. Uh, he has been around for a while too. He could step in as a starter. Demarcus Elliott played a fair number of games last year. He could step in as a starter. I think it'll be someone out of those four that starts. Um, we'll see. It's not a perfect blend of kind of edge rushers and defensive tackles, but there is talent there. You also have some depth pieces potentially again, It's really hard to figure out who's going to be depth because this is typically where the younger players can step up, make a name for themselves. Bo Robbins, Cooper Jones are experienced guys who various levels of, of play that they've had, are they going to be able to step up, use that experience or is someone like Nick James, who uh, we talked with our recruiting expert about a little bit as someone who can make an impact. He's a true freshman coming in. You don't see a lot of true freshmen making impacts uh, in a position like the defensive line just because there's so much of a physical maturity uh, that you have to make up just getting in the weight room, building up that muscle mass. But this is a group that really lacks, I think, edge rushers. So I guess it's really up in the air who's going to start. And that's going to be one of the biggest questions I have when looking at this group is what the starting unit looks like. So let's look at some of the storylines we'll be paying attention to here in just a moment. First, you guys heard me talk about them yesterday, but Built Bar has the coconut brownie chunk puffs available. Man, they sound absolutely amazing. Uh, It's a flavor you guys love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate like everything Built does. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. You can stop drooling and listen right now because they're good for you as well. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and most importantly, delicious. Uh, All the Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. It gives you a ton of health benefits. You guys need to make sure you jump on this now because this coconut brownie chunk puff is a limited time flavor. You guys have to make sure you don't miss out. 
They're going fast because they taste amazing. So make sure you head on over to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. A couple storylines, a couple questions, a couple things I'm going to be looking at with this defensive line, which we were just talking about. Who replaces Ryder Anderson's role? Uh, or the, or holy, I mean, either however you want to work it or word it. He was the edge rusher on IU's team last year, and while he faded off a little bit, maybe didn't make as much of an impact later in the season, he was important because he was that guy early in the season. Who steps in? Who is your edge rusher now? Uh, is it any of the names I mentioned? Is it somebody in the linebacking or defensive back group that we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode? I have some names there as well. Um, that's actually where we get a lot of the the pressures on quarterbacks. A lot of that was because Micah McFadden could get to the quarterback. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but there, my main concern is who pressures the quarterback now defensively. And I use really good about drawing up different types of blitzes. You have to have guys that can still get to the quarterback. That was something Micah McFadden was incredible at. You can draw up an A-gap blitz for your middle linebacker, but you need someone like Micah McFadden that can navigate through the line, get around blockers, and get to the quarterback time and again. IU was able to make up the deficit it had without edge rushers by having its linebackers get to the quarterback that probably isn't going to be the case next season. So how do you how do you get that production now out of your defensive line? Who fills Western Kramer's hole? That uh, that one's a little easier <clears throat> to figure out just because I think IU has a lot more defensive tackles than they do defensive ends. Uh, so I'm not I'm less worried about that one. Does a new coach bring new results? Maybe that's part of the answer to this question and how you create more havoc is that keyword, more pressures on the quarterback. Paul Randolph comes in from Texas Tech to take over as the defensive line coach. Uh, maybe he is able to get to these guys and help them unlock something to where this defensive line can create the havoc it hasn't been able to do it certainly wasn't able to do it last season. Even when IU had so much success in the pandemic year, I didn't think the defensive line created much havoc. The rest of the defense was really, really good. The defensive line, I don't want to go back too much and or anything like that, but this just hasn't been a strength, this defensive line, for a couple of years now. Um, it's been something IU has managed to work around and I really think a good chunk of that it was because of just the unique skill set of Micah McFadden. And I don't want to harp on that because we're going to talk about him a lot next season. But I'm just worried about how IU finds ways to get to the quarterback and get those pressures. The defensive line has to take steps forward in that regard this season. And that's kind of the, the main storyline I'm going to have with this group. It's an underwhelming unit for... It was definitely underwhelming last year. I don't know the year before that if underwhelming is fair, but underperforming maybe maybe that's just semantics but this is a group that has to take a step forward like i said they they struggled last season especially as we got into big 10 play that can't happen um this defense is going to be anchored 
by its secondary and its uh, some of its linebacking core, but the defensive line still needs to take steps forward because similar to the offensive line, if things go awry there, um, your whole offense is done for. If you have a strong defensive line, that completely wreaks havoc on an o- havoc on an offense and changes how you're able to do things with the rest of the defense. So if IU has a defensive line that is able to get to the quarterback without having to necessarily blitz every time down, it makes the blitzes that they use more effective. It uh, There's less telegraphing of when they're going to blitz and things of that nature. So I really, this defensive line really needs to take a step forward this year. And it's just finding the, the players that are going to do it they don't jump off the paper, and maybe they will early in the season. Uh, maybe they will during fall camp. But right now, as we look at this in early July, doesn't jump off the paper, and that's a little bit concerning. Of all of the position groups, this is the one that I would say wide receivers are the one I have the least amount of uh, confidence in just because, I mean, that is a complete unknown. But this defensive line is up there because they just – they have names that have been around the program for a while, but there's just certain roles that they're missing. So until we see somebody step up and fill that role, it, there's going to be questions there. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unit adjusts and hopefully improves under a new uh, defensive line coach this season. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the linebackers and secondary together. There's such kind of a fluid unit in Tom Allen's defense that it felt right to talk about them together. So we'll be covering that to wrap up the week tomorrow. Now know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. It helps us out an absolute ton. Make sure you leave a quick rating and review as well. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week and wrap up our positional group previews. Make sure you guys are subscribed so you do not miss out. Most importantly, guys, have a terrific, terrific Thursday in LEO.